Christ gave us a way to turn around and go the other direction, head towards the kingdom of God, and he told us that's what we should be doing. If we love Christ, if we love God, we will be helping others do the same because we love our neighbor as ourselves. It's so simple. The gospel is so simple. It may become complex if you listen to lots of theologians who talk about this and that and the other thing, uh, twisting the words of the gospel, but the gospel is so simple. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. Love one another as Christ loved us. And how did Christ love us? He came to serve. How He came to set us free. He came to return every man to his possession and every man to his family. Why? Because the family is the government of God. That is the first criteria of government of God. The government of kings and presidents and rulers of men over men is not the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom God lets you create, but he warns you before that, before you create that, that if you create that kind of government, he will take and take and take and take and take. So before we go on any farther, I want everybody to start thinking about next Feast of Tabernacles. Start praying about the next Feast of Tabernacles. We will see what we can do with other meetings along the way, but we have to start building a tabernacle of living souls, living men and women that will share with all the ways of the kingdom. And we haven't done that. Uh, there are people all over the country that are starting to look at things like this. There are people who have been having Feast of Tabernacles for years uh, all over the country. And we need to be doing the same. Uh, hopefully I'll eventually get this uh, computer set up and for the other part of the show we will do it through Skype as we were intending. Uh, but I'm going to be going over some of the notes that we have been talking about in the first part of Tabernacles. And uh, hopefully we will be talking about this more and more as the year goes on and start outlining what we can do. Now we have lots of acreage here that is available to us. We have fresh running water on it. We can probably build some facilities that will make uh, your stay uh, uh a healthy and uh, prosperous one but what we're really going to need is lots of people we're going to need lots of people that come with the intention of sharing what they've learned what they know to learn more from others who have already been walking this walk we have some very interesting people come to Tabernacles there's kind of two groups that came last weekend and this weekend some that stayed all the way through both um, uh, weekends and uh, some real good hearts, some real good eye-opening uh, meetings that we've had. It's uh, been a little bit exhausting. I didn't get to bed till 3.45, and, of course, I had to be up before 6 in order to get here to start the radio broadcast. <laughs> so, uh, and my voice is starting to go, but uh, I was very much energized in uh, speaking to a number of people that were receptive to the Holy Spirit. I found many years ago that the more those that are there are receptive to the Holy Spirit the more energized I become and that's because we're each of us are conduits for that Holy Spirit to share with one another and just as the uh, woman who touched the garment of Christ 
was healed because of her faith, Christ was the conduit of that healing. And that is the way it was with uh, the apostles, and that's the way it always should be. Many people go out and heal one another, but they actually get together in an emotional uh, state, and then they are touching one another and, and getting everybody excited, and they are a conduit for the healing. But unfortunately, they, as a conduit, they are not getting all that healing power from Christ. They are getting that healing power from those around them. And it drains people. It's kind of uh, spiritual vampires that take place. And often the conduit doesn't even realize that he is playing that part. But we have to bring the healing of Christ and the ways of Christ to everybody. We've seen instantaneous healings. We've seen, but probably more important than the physical healing, is the spiritual healing and the awakening. I believe that if we can call out to people all over the country, all over uh, the world, to come here with that single prayer in mind to bless others, to bring healing, spiritual healing to others, that we can start to make a real difference. But this has to be a absolutely sacrificial prayer, not to bolster our ego, to bolster our own feelings, to bolster our faith, but to bolster the faith of others. If you do these things to bolster your faith, then your faith is not of God. It's of flesh. But if you take the flesh that God has given you, the spiritual existence that God has given you, and you go out to give it to others, to give it away freely, then the character of Christ is coming with you because you have the character of Christ. And then when you come, you not only bless people with healing, you bless them with the healing of Christ. And that is the fullness of the Lord. So anyway, we are uh, talking about uh, a lot of uh, different things that we can do. Uh, it's going to take a lot of work. We'll actually look for some volunteers who want to stay here for a longer period of time uh, as we get closer to the event uh, to make sure that all the facilities are made possible. Uh, we're going to have to uh, do... Uh, a great deal of rearranging and in order to know and prepare you know we'll be praying about it asking God should we do this first should we do that first there's so many things and always you remember that when we set aside to do the things like Feast of Tabernacles yeah it's a week for the people who came well it's three four weeks for us because there's a great deal of preparation um, some people have been working very hard to make this possible and so it's many hands make light work so everybody should be coming a part of this system so that we can uh, make light work of this feast and all the other feasts uh, Passover Pentecost there was a reason for these feasts and it was part of that government of God so that people could come together and organize themselves in such a way that they could take care of almost any emergency, any disaster, any calamity, any catastrophe. And we will be facing catastrophes in the future. We will be facing calamities in the future. And we're going to have to do it together. And if we do it together with the Spirit of Christ, God will bless us, just as he blessed the Israelites when they were on the shore 
of the Red Sea and the armies of the Pharaoh came down upon them. He wasn't going to let his people be devoured and destroyed. They weren't perfect people, but they had chosen a direction and they had taken the first steps of that direction to bless one another, to, you know, can you imagine all those people leaving a place they had lived for a hundred years and now they were leaving with the old and the young and the sick and the healthy. They were leaving with all their possessions, what they could carry. This was a tremendous exodus. They weren't even exiting out of Egypt because they were still within Egyptian jurisdiction and even in the Sinai. But they were exiting out of the persona jurisdiction of the bondage of Egypt. And that persona jurisdiction that they left, they left also all the benefits of that society and had to now provide them for themselves. But with the grace of God, there was a manna that provided for them. That didn't mean they just sat around and, and didn't do anything. The, the key element of a free society is that everyone is a doer. Someone mentioned the movie Defiance, uh, and there's some interesting points in there. I wouldn't recommend doing all the things that they did. But basically, I had this concept, if you don't work, you don't eat. Uh, everybody works. Everybody participates. And that's always the way it's been in the kingdom. And why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to participate? Because that is the nature of Christ. He didn't come here to lay around. He didn't come here to, to preach a giant retirement community. Uh, even if you go to heaven, all they do is fight evil in another dimension. They work and they... And that is bliss, to stand for righteousness. And so, therefore, we must do the same. So, Tabernacles is a way in which to start to meet with others and become a part of uh, uh, the activities of uh, being in a kingdom that blesses us because we desire to bless others. Give up your life so that ye may have life more abundant. So I said we were going to talk a little bit about some of the things that we are outlining. And uh, first line in the outline as we were typing it out, so we really should have been working more on this in the second half, but we had a lot of interesting conversations uh, with a lot of very interesting people. Uh, not as many as I would have liked to see, uh, but we knew we were going to have a little less this time here. We know a lot of people have gone out to Missouri but I'm always uh, very demanding in my heart. I want to see uh, more and more people blessed, but we are starting to bless people with the network for those who will work at it. A uh, list uh, of baby steps that can be done on a local and kingdom level that gives people a picture of the path and the kingdom itself. This is this is very important that you realize that the being a bottom-up government where Christ is in your heart and you you share that that blessing with your neighbor is so much different than the top-down governments that we're used to and of course this is why the Israelites were said or the early Christians were said to have turned the world upside down is because the whole world had gone wrong side up and everything was top side down. 
and that's not the way God wants it. He wants it the other way. So the church was this opportunity of having a government of the people for the people and by the people that was from the bottom up, but relied upon the spiritual character of Christ living in the hearts and minds of all the men and women of the congregations. And then they congregated with others. It's really amazing if you look back at history and see all the Christian communities were having these kinds of festivals and feasts in the fall. This was a carryover of the Feast of Booth. Unfortunately, they began to lose sight of the valley next to them. The valley, two valleys over. They were interested in their the affluence and and quality of life that they had established for themselves in their local community and they forgot about the national nature of the kingdom of God and the feast of tabernacles and the feast of Pentecost are the feast that really address these issues and so they were eventually overcome by a society that learned to make everybody march in a row and march according to a drum that was not filled with righteousness and not filled with the ways of God. So, anyway, uh, they were overcome. And there was inquisitions. Uh, then there was uh, distortions of the meaning of the Bible and the concept of the kingdom. The kingdom some suddenly became a place where you were going to go when you died, and that's not what God had in mind. The kingdom of God is for the living. And yes, it will help you move in the direction of more righteous habitations if you start down that path. Seeking the priority of his plan of peace includes, first, the kingdom of God. A lot of people say, oh, first and foremost it's this, or first and foremost it's that. Anyone who reads the New Testament without the distorted view of modern religion will know that what is first is seeking first the kingdom of God because Christ said to do it first now it wasn't just seek ye first the kingdom of God but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness what does the kingdom of God look like spiritually you're moving from the spirit you're not moving from the intellect moving from the intellect is moving from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil doesn't mean you don't have an intellect but it is not the source you move from the spirit and the spirit is that still small voice that inner compass that guides you and we, we've talked many stories many people shared stories of how they were guided individually by the spirit and brought them to a fuller realization you do make a choice you do have a choice but that choice is not intellectual it's spiritual and when your spirit makes a choice to know and serve God information will come your way that you will need to actually turn that love of God into a physical reality. Morally, yes, there is a moral code within the kingdom. Don't steal, don't murder, don't covet your neighbor's good. We have to realize that not coveting your neighbor's goods is right in amongst stealing and killing and bearing false witness. Coveting your neighbor's good is desiring benefits at his expense. 
and you cannot be a free society. You cannot be the society of God. You cannot be the community of the Most High unless you start obeying all the commandments. And the fact that you don't obey the commandments shows us, should show yourself that you have not really made the commitment to love Christ. That's why we've gone into bondage. We have held up a narrow view of Christ. So we need to repent and go back to a, a view that says, no, I will not covet my neighbor's goods. In order to do this, you must exercise individual rights granted by God. The reason we have lost those rights is we have lost the responsibility to be ruled by God through our hearts and our minds requires us to exercise responsibility to ourselves, to our families, and to one another. And so this is a key element of what we're doing when we talk about creating or establishing a piece of tabernacles and setting it up and, and having all these things. We must need, needs be thinking about being responsible servants of one another. And hopefully that's the direction we will be taking ourselves and all those who walk with us. So I also say, besides seeking the kingdom of God, we must also seek the righteousness of God. And uh, my computer is still doing a little bit of odd things here. I don't know what's going on. But we've actually had some very interesting uh, things happening. Maybe this is Ellen. But uh, anyway, uh, no, I don't think Ellen is that big a deal, although all those comments have been causing CMEs, and those CMEs have been earthbound, and it has been building up energy in the earth. But we have time. We should not be operating out of fear, but out of love. So what is this, his righteousness? What is the character of God? First thing that God did is create, establish, created the earth, created the heavens, created all these things for himself, no, for others. He created man, he gave him life, he breathed life into man. So when you breathe life into man, a, a portion of the character of yourself goes into man. And one of those characteristics of God is the fact that you give choice. God gave Adam and Eve choice. Here's two trees. There's fields that you can eat from. A whole garden you can wander around in. He gave them choice. And if that is a part of the character of God, we must give choice to others. We must allow others the right to choose. The punishment for choosing wrongly is already built into the society. Yes, we should shun those that are wicked. We should turn away from such, turn away. But we should also be turning towards each other because we cannot love one another unless we come together as one. So according to the character or the name of God, we must give each other choice. We must forgive so that we may be forgiven. We must give that we may be given unto to be free, we must set others free. That is in the nature of God to do those things, and so therefore it must be in our nature. And when we fall short of that nature, we must look at it and repent, turn around and go the ways of God. What was the thing that Jesus said about attending to the weightier matters? 
an interesting point that somebody brought up. There are four items that are listed under Indy, uh, attending to the weightier matters. Law, judgment, mercy, and faith. Now, is that a list of four things, or is law the critical item, and that judgment, mercy, and faith are actually descriptive descriptions of the law? If you're thinking the law of man, probably not. If you're thinking of the law of God, yes. Because if you violate the law of God, judgment will come. It's built into the system. You cannot keep the law of God without mercy in your heart and faith. We'll return to Keys of the Kingdom when we come back. Fight the fight. We are here to equip you. Because you love the truth, LibertyRadioLive.com The Greatest Prophecy DVD of Cross the Border Productions. Embrace the little-known but greatest prophecy given by the Great High Priest. The pre-incarnate Messiah reveals God's once secret plan for mankind. Believe it. Behold, the end times in Daniel chapter 2, because the dream is certain and the interpretation thereof sure. It is the key to prophecy future. Comprehend the seven-year great tribulation, deception. Be not deceived. Understand the great prophecy delusion, because if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Be forewarned. America, in prophecy, exposed for all to see. The mark of the beast, no, it's not a biochip. A much better and more secure technology is already here, and you are already using it. Two copies, one for you and one for you to give away when you send a support donation of $25 to First Amendment Radio. Use the chip-in event on our website or send $25 cash to First Amendment Radio, 139 East Tulare Avenue, Tulare, California, 93274. Make copies and give them away. Send $25 cash for two copies of The Greatest Prophecy DVD. That's First Amendment Radio, 139 East Tulare Avenue, Tulare, T-U-L-A-R-E, California, 93274. A wise man is forewarned and prepares for the time to come. The Greatest Prophecy DVD. Now listen to me. The Bible says, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar. Government takeover of the church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church, the whore that rides the beast. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth 
will make them free. They will watch the DVD, Government Takeover of the Church. Who will tell them, if not you? Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. Now listen to me.
Okay, I hope everybody can hear me. I got uh, calls and connections uh, that uh, seem to have failed. We have a little bit of a storm coming in here. It may have disconnected uh, one system, and so now we're back on another system, our backup system. Uh, it's actually creating a little bit of feedback, uh, and I'm going to remove that uh, so I'm not getting that feedback. And... Uh, Hopefully now you can hear me oh, without me hearing me. <laughs> so anyway, we were talking about this Feast of Tabernacle and uh, preparing for it. And we're setting up a wiki site already for it. Uh, we've got somebody dealing with that. Uh, our hope is to get other communities of, uh, interested in coming out and meeting with you. Now, I know a lot of people are meeting in Missouri uh, this week and hopefully exchanging ideas on how they can promote the kingdom. You know, it's not just about coming to these meetings so that you can uh, become a part of the kingdom, uh, but uh, uh, coming to these meetings so that you can help others become a part of the kingdom. And so, anyway, we'll hopefully some of you are... Uh, I know some of you got online when we had that technical difficulty 
it, I could hear the radio station and was talking to the radio station, but then somehow it was disconnected again, and I don't know necessarily what's going on, but uh, hopefully we're now connected. Give me some reassurance uh, from uh, the listeners out there. We normally have uh, somebody as a co-host when we do this, and they're watching the bulletin board and things like that. Uh, we don't have that now. Uh, what we need to do is train some of our contact ministers to do this also, because you can see what a fiasco it is when I'm all alone. <laughs> so, anyway, that would, uh, we train them in and we set this up, uh, we can make sure that we do a better and better job. Uh, let's see here, uh, our, uh, outline after talking about as I said, I don't know how much you missed of that, but first thing and the priority is to seek the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God requires that you do this for the good of others, for the love of others, not simply for the love of yourself. You have to love others as you love yourself. And but seeking the kingdom of God being the right to be ruled by God, you must also couple with that the righteousness of God, the character of God, the character of forgiving and giving and, and setting men free, because that's what Christ came to do. So you, of course, set men free because you don't covet their goods. You don't force them to contribute to your welfare. Uh, you live by faith, hope, and charity. But you also, in order to do this righteously, you must actually reach out, like the concept of the red heifer and 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 the con- a concept of congregating together. Reach out to help others form a network that will help them be free. And you have to do that with the equal diligence to setting yourself free. And this is one of the problems with the modern patriot movement, is that people are interested in being free, but they're not interested in setting others free. This means you have to sacrifice some of your time and energy in order to set them free. Now, I've said that several times. I don't know how much went out over the radio. Uh, eventually, we will uh, edit the show, and we'll try to uh, say this again and again better. Uh, the question I was asking a little bit ago was, what is your prayer for the group, for the group that you're with, the community, the congregation you're in? What do you want for your neighbor? Well, of course, we know you have to love your neighbor, so you have to want to set him free. You want your congregation to be free. But you have to be thinking about that. When you think about that, wonder about that, you are praying about that. You are asking in your mind, how can I help others? That's a very important prayer, because if you do not have that prayer, then God can't help you, because that's not in accord. To to not have that prayer is not in accordance with the ways of God, the Spirit of God. And you will shut yourself away from God, because you have not come to serve others. You have come to serve yourself. You see how simple it is? You are driving yourself out of the garden of paradise. You are going out of the presence of God when you do not operate according to the Spirit of God. Uh, so that's very important that you do that and act in that manner when you are deciding what you're going to do during the day. When you're deciding what you're going to be and how you're going to act and how you're going to interact with others. We talked earlier about the fact that uh, marriage, if you read uh, Supreme Court rulings, if you read uh, biblical statements, marriage, even though it is a contract to begin it, 
it is not bound together so much by contract as it is by relationship. Even in Clark's summary of U.S. American law, you will not find marriage discussed under contract. You will find it discussed under the great domestic relationship. And just as you marry your wife and your wife marries you, that is the beginning of a relationship that binds you, that makes you one flesh, that makes you a part, and this is a process. So also, when you become the bride of Christ, this is a process. It is a relationship. And how does that relationship grow? It grows when we act amongst each other in faith, hope, and charity according to the character of Christ. If we do not interact and act accordingly to that, we will not have the relationship with God that is necessary for salvation. And we can have emotional ideas about, oh, we're saved. We can have emotional ideas that we've accepted Jesus Christ. But how do you know you've accepted Jesus Christ? You know it because you are bearing fruits of that acceptance by forming a network based on love, based on faith, based on hope. That's what the early church was. It was not a corporation of Caesar. It was a corporation of Christ, a corpus of Christ, a body of Christ. And it was their commonality in accord with God the Father that made them truly brothers. In order to do that, you need to meet. You need to work together, not just on the local community congregational level, but on a national level, and that's what the Feast of Booze was about. So I asked, what is your prayer for the group? I hope it is to set them free, to give them the knowledge that will be necessary to be free. What does your community need? What can you bring to your community? Ask not what you your community can do for you, but ask for what you can do for your community. That is simply about direction, focus. Uh, ministers seek to help and get the support of others. They seek to help others, and in return, they get the support of others. If your ministers are not trying to set you free, they're trying to bind you up with their theologies, their personal beliefs, they're trying to make you subservient to them, make you obedient to them rather than Christ, then they're not supporting you. They're not helping you. They're bringing you more into bondage. And you should not support them. I am just amazed at the fact that the entire world is back into the bondage of Egypt right under the nose of modern Christianity. Right under the nose of modern church. They have gone back into the bondage of Egypt and you're still tithing to those ministers because they make you feel good. They tickle your ears. We had a number of discussions yesterday and some people were a little bit blown away by uh, some of the comments that we were making and some of the points we were pointing out. But the reality is, uh, I, and I said it more than once, that I'm not an air tickler. I, I'm, I, I'm a rear kicker. Get your act together. Of course, I don't use jackboots to do it. <laughs> uh, but the point is, is I want to encourage you to become active because that is the way to help you. And when, you know, I do that to encourage you to become active and diligent in seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
that means that you must start doing the same for others. Because that's what Christ came to encourage us to be diligent. How can you expand the outreach and the evangelizing of the gospel of the kingdom amongst your community and other communities round about you? Well, the feast is one of those ways. So we're going to have to reach out on email groups and phone call people and say, hey, would you like to bring your group here? What can we do? Now, right away somebody was suggesting that we charge $500 for the week. Well, we can't do that. This has to be a donation only. So, But we also have to provide some services. Some people will not come fully prepared. And we have to make sure the resources are in the valley to help them. And what you can do to help us do that would be great. Now, we've talked about the fact that we want to syndicate the radio program. That could be extremely expensive. But we're hopefully when we wind down after this tabernacle, we can start creating audios and videos. I don't know where I'm going to find the time to do it, but uh, with your help and support, maybe we will. And uh, that's certainly my prayer. And then we'll get message out to people all over the country that what the kingdom really looks like and start building the network in earnest. We've got the template down, but we have to start building it in earnest, start bringing more and more people together. You cannot all have a relationship with me, but you can all have a relationship with Christ. You cannot all uh, talk with me and chat with me, uh, you know, ten times a week. Uh, you need, you know, I can't answer the phone and talk to everybody. For All the people that call me and try to develop a relationship with me, that's great. But you need to develop a relationship with each other, and that will be a greater blessing to you. And so hopefully that is what uh, you're going to be experiencing uh, in the days to come is that relationship growing with those locally around you. So uh, we've got a few more minutes to the break, and then we'll uh, come back to keep the king and start talking about some of the things we're going to need to know and do to seek the kingdom of heaven and the righteousness of God. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Now listen to me. The Bible says, Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar. Government takeover of the church 
This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church, the whore that rides the beast. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD, Government Takeover of the Church. Who will tell them if not you? Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. Now listen to me. Fight the fight. We are here to equip you. Let our motto be, Don't Tread on Me. LibertyRadioLive.com of the kingdom uh, brother Gregory and we're talking about the kingdom of God we're specifically talking about we're specifically talking about uh, tabernacles because we're finishing up tabernacles out here in Summer Lake and they're beginning tabernacles for the weekend uh, I've got a call waiting but I can't answer it because I hopefully am on <laughs> Uh, uh, the radio here um, if I don't know what's happening uh, uh, as far as the radio station but I assume that they're getting my signal I was going to check that uh, during the break but it wasn't long enough uh, break to great deal of activity in this valley this is the opening day of duck, uh, deer hunting season next week is duck hunting season which is why we have tabernacles a little bit earlier than most is because there are hundreds and hundreds of people that come in here to go duck hunting. Of course, we're not interested in duck hunting. We're interested in uh, uh, hunting the kingdom. Uh, we're also interested in saving people from the mighty hunters like Nimrod, who has been devouring people at will because of their lack of knowledge, because the apostate church has not been really preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And so we're trying to uh, spread that gospel of the kingdom. It's a very unique presentation that we have on the web and in the many of the recordings. And some people, you know, I get compliments all the time where people think it is uh, such a, uh, you know, wonderful books and they're so clear. But the reality is, okay, if it is, we should be doing everything possible to get that message out to all the other people all over the world, all over the nation, in our communities, uh, so that they, too, can hear this message and have the advantage of these gifts that God has given me and I, I openly share with you. Uh, this is very important that you receive uh, the opportunity of getting this message out and work towards getting that message out uh, with due diligence. So since I'm, I'm not getting into the uh, radio show with the regular uh, Skype 
because of some sort of difficulty with the local I have uh, loaded the chat room on the computer and it seems to have got it it's not over uh, working my uh, computer uh, I'm actually seeing that there's uh, other things that are, are going on here that <laughs> I think is rather peculiar but uh I'm still hearing my voice coming over the headphone set, even though I'm not connected to Skype. So I don't know where all that's coming from. Strange things are going on here in some ways. So anyway, if you see any, uh, or you have any questions or messages, if you do put them in the chat room at uh, www.far.com slash farm slash chat, uh, which is where the chat room is I will try to address them if I can actually read them and talk to you at the same time um, I'll go back to my outline now on this uh, uh, idea of the the tabernacles and what they're really all about and what we can do in order to bless other people with larger and larger tabernacle meetings because it's very important to create those bonds around the country because in the future there will be parts of the country that will not be safe I don't care where you think your safe place is. At one point or another, it will not be safe. And God wants you to live. He wants to be a giver of life. He doesn't want you to be overcome by catastrophe. And so, therefore, you need to want that same thing for others, and then God will hear your prayers, and he will provide those people who will make the difference between life and death for you. You see... The whole purpose is that each of us puts on that character of Christ, that character of God. I and the Father are one, says Jesus Christ. Each of us, if we want to be one with the Father, we must be one with Christ. There, uh, How can we expand the outreach and the evangelize the kingdom? Ministers must be uh, versed in the elements of the kingdom. What does the kingdom look like? Homeschooling, home health independence, communities caring about one another. That's that's basic. Not coveting your neighbor's goods. Not bearing false witness. That's basic. Yet ministers say it's okay to covet your neighbor's goods as long as you do it through government. That is a damnable heresy. A damnable heresy and it has damned the whole world back into the bondage of Egypt. And we need to call those ministers to repentance and call them together so that they may become first in the elements of the kingdom. Ministers who do not neglect those elements as in the modern church. That's who we need to contact. Ministers who are beginning to wake up to the fact that Christ came to set men free and they too want to set men free. Everyone seek to contact and meet other groups. Each of you are a minister in the kingdom. The ministers that you pick in your congregations are really contact points within the network and their job is to keep you each connected and together as a congregation to help keep your families whole but so that is the mission of everybody within the congregation but he is also to help keep you connected with other congregations this is a key element so he's going to have to go to other congregations get to know those ministers so that he can say, oh yeah, this person is really, this person is sincere. Because you don't have time to go see a hundred people. But if you pick a minister who goes see ten ministers, and each of those ten ministers see ten people and get to know them, then you are made richer by that network. 
This is investing in the kingdom of God. And you have to do that diligently and with a wholehearted effort to make that kingdom of God a reality and a network of faith, hope, and charity. Okay, so everyone needs to seek new contacts to share this information. If you're not good at explaining it, if you find a contact, bring it to your minister. Radio broadcast and syndication. That way, if I go out with these radio broadcast syndication, new uh, videos on the Internet, more and more people will see it and we'll be pushing more and more that people uh, join the network. If they join the network, they will meet who? They will meet you. You need to be on the network. When somebody joins, you need to say hi. You need to welcome them. You need to embrace them and find out if they are worthy of a holy kiss in your heart and your mind. That's what you need to do to make this uh, kingdom a richer place for you to be. God's not going to do it all. God wants you to do like he did and sacrifice yourself so that you may find more people uh, and bless more people with the peace of the kingdom. So uh, if I move this uh, outline down here, we'll uh, take a look at some of the other items that we've uh, uh, brought up. How can... Uh, how can we come or become closer together? And, of course, the feats are one way. Uh, everybody here is having a pretty good time. Uh, they're meeting other people. They're discussing with other people. They're sharing with other people. They're creating a memory of other people. And that will be so important in a network that suddenly has to be flexible and move about. And, you know, that was one of the things with early uh, Christendom is that people had to uh, suddenly pack up and leave Rome. All the Christians in, in Rome, because the Jews were kicked out and Christians were considered Jews, they were all kicked out. They had to pack up and leave Rome and get out. Where'd they go? They went to all the other Christian communities who absorbed them and gave them a place to stay. Uh, and it wasn't in FEMA trailers either. So, what did they do in Jerusalem? when Jerusalem fell that Jerusalem had to be full of Christians and suddenly this army comes all around Titus and well what happened was all the Christians had to flee it was a very secure city it was a very peaceful city and then suddenly because of the activities of some it became an absolute death trap and gates opened up by themselves and Christians began to leave and leave everything behind because that's what the Jews required that the Christian Jews had to leave everything behind. They could take nothing with them. That's what they did. But where did they go? Stripped of their wealth, stripped of their money, stripped of their homes, given nothing, and they had to leave because if they didn't, they would have been murdered and killed by the, the military of Titus. They did leave. Where did they go? They went to all those places they had been helping and building up and encouraging for the years before, for almost 30 years, they had been building up a network all over uh, Judea, all over the Roman Empire, so that they could be dispersed amongst those people and absorbed into those communities with little loss other than what they had left behind. They soon were restored and blessed in the kingdom of God. In the world, but not of the world their own system of welfare, their own system of federal, not federal emergency uh, management agency, but their own system 
of Faith Emergency Ministry Auxiliaries where they helped one another and blessed one another. And that's what we need to be creating. And if you create congregations and connect them, that's what you will have. And you will have it just in the nick of time, probably. Because I think it was sprinkling when they shut the doors of the ark. You need to form community projects. Yeah, community gardens. Uh, Not just helping yourself, but helping others. That's very important. All kinds of community projects. Visit the elderly in elderly communities. Uh, visit homeschoolers and set up projects and tours for them. Touch the lives of homeschoolers and show them that it's not just homeschooling, but it's, it's communities that come together by uniting homes with love, with helping one another. If you love your, your family, you will love the next. Many people I know that have tried to live separate from the world have lived so separate that their own sons and daughters have no communion with any other people their age. Where are they going to get their husbands? Where are they going to get their wives? They are going to be influenced by the people of the world that are all around them. They will go into the ways of the world and the elements of the world because you haven't been creating kingdom. You have just been trying to get out of the world. You got out of the world, but now what do your sons and daughters do? You need to be seeking the kingdom to bring them back together. And this is also investing in the kingdom because this will bring about larger and larger communities are born within the family. Now, the communities of the world, I know so many people that have been raised by institutions because their families broke down. We have to work. Everybody in the congregation has to work to see to it that families don't break down and that new families are created. And the only way to do this in a healthy way is to create Feast of Tabernacles or Feast of Booze and the other Feast, Feast of Trumpets. Now, many of these things have symbolic meanings, but they also have practical purposes. And we need to bring people together in order to fulfill those. So that's a very important part of this uh, community events. Kingdom events. What are kingdom events? Well, that is those events that not only teach us how to be charitable and forgiving within our congregations and our families, but also bring us together in these uh, large body meetings because that creates a tremendous diversity. Everybody that comes to these groups have some skills and knowledge, and they can share it. And then when you go away and then you're trying to do something, you can tap back into that network and say, oh, how do you guys do this? How do you guys do that? I don't know how many times over the years that I've helped people because of, you know, I have a vast range of experiences that, oh, well, this is what we do, this is what we do. And by the same token, I have been helped by people who discovered things. We have people here uh, who've been in the health food industry for years. Uh, they have a lot of resources, and many of them, which uh, I could see that they had found some of the same paths as I did. But now we have one more p- person to share those paths. He, he came all the way from Connecticut. Um we can we can do this together if we work together to do this. And what is this? Seek the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God. Um, what are some of the things that we can do at the feast? Yeah, we can teach folklores and some of the ancient skills. Um, everybody who has a skill, put together a little project where you can come, you can have your camp, you can visit with people, but you also share knowledge of what you've learned, spinning, weaving, working with your hands, 
These are great. Whether you ever have to become a person who spins and weaves their own clothes, that's not the point. You're learning to work with your hands, and you're learning to teach other people the patience that comes, the, the knowledge of patience that comes with working with your hands. So we can have classes on old skills and life skills and health skills and homeschooling, what works for you, what has worked for you over the years, or what you are needing help with now. Uh, it could be a literal expose of information at these feasts, not just at tabernacles. Also, entertainment. Yeah, we should share entertainment. Yeah, some of that is what you see in, in churches where they entertain you and draw people in with the entertainment. But that's fine to bring them in, but we must always have this kingdom concept of connecting people to this better way. So everybody needs to be contacting other groups, other families, other people who gather together in tabernacles, other people who show these uh, these tracks of the kingdom and start getting them interested in coming here. And it, if then if they decide that they can't come all the way here to the Feast of Tabernacles, maybe there will be feasts in other areas they can go to. But there certainly could be activities that they can be a part of. I tell you that as things begin to get worse, more and more people are going to be helped. But we must give them the help that strengthens them. We must strengthen the poor. And we must apply Thessalonians and wisdom to our charity. And never just give a man a fish so that you have to give a man a fish the next week and the next week and the next week. But teach him how to fish. Teach him how to provide for himself. So that's that's a great part of the message that we have been sharing. Uh, we're uh, I'm going to ask the other contact ministers. Let's see if we. Uh, uh, now I don't see uh anybody in the chat room unless this is not connected as well as I then uh, we'll see if I'm uh, getting anybody's attention or if everybody's just enthralled with my attempt after only two hours of sleep <laughs> and almost restlessly uh actually I was very relaxed and everything but um in the uh, uh I was very um uh kind of intensely in prayer during this early morning hours um, because I see so many needs that are not getting met because there are so many people that are sitting on these networks not doing anything and of course they're perfectly uh, entitled to not do anything um, but what we need to find is uh, those people that are active and all those people that don't want to be active and just want to be entertained and just want to sit there on uh, the uh, uh, networks and do nothing, uh, we'll just eventually shake our our sandals off uh, and, and go somewhere else and look for those who do want to become active because you have to be a doer of the word uh, and not just to hear only. Uh, I see Cod in Vermont uh, is uh, listening. Uh, and here I am uh, this morning uh, talking with uh, another fellow from Connecticut, which is not very far from Vermont. Uh, 
there are people everywhere and we need to find them and so we need to make a concerted effort so Claude is not alone and so that Clark is not alone and uh, I know there are people I see uh, a number of other people in the chat room uh, and looking quickly at their messages no no questions here from David in C I don't know what C is now is that David with the last name C <laughs> uh, oh enthralled he says he's enthralled anyway so they are listening somebody's out there hearing me so at least I know that my voice is getting out over there um uh, in the days ahead, uh, I'd like to see the network, the emails on the network, really focus on what can we do. Uh, not just news items and little shared items here and there, but what can we do? What, how can we become doers of the word? What can we do to uh, bring more and more people together? And we're going to have to continue to focus on local groups, but local groups with kingdom in mind. And uh, so we've got a year to prepare local groups, start building the trust so that people start sharing their lives with other people so that everybody has life more abundant. And so anyway, somebody's hearing something out there. I, I you know, I've, I, I've never watched the chat room while I've been on the show. I can't talk and read at the same time. I'm I'm lucky if I can walk and chew gum at the same time. So we end up with these little pauses. Uh, uh, we really are going to need to get more and more active contact ministers. Um, I've, I've neglected some of this. There's somebody who would just add it as a contact minister. I invited them on to... Uh, 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 I invited them on to the PCM group. I haven't even seen if they've made it there. Uh, so there's David in California. Oh, okay, that's not the David I thought it was. Uh, and uh, I, I can't tell you who the guy is in Connecticut, but uh, George has met him, and George is the contact minister. <laughs> and... Uh, I don't know if uh, somebody said check and see if my microphone is plugged in. Now, how's the sound, you guys in the chat room? Can you hear me okay? Um, and and tell me if anything gets different as as we're going. Um, anyway, uh, this is this kingdom thing is is just so foreign to the modern churches where they sit there in the pews. And, uh, you know, I made a joke the other day, if you sit in the pew long enough, you start to stink. That's maybe why they call it pews. But the reality is, is that look back in history at the time of Jesus Christ. They had welfare systems. And Rome was establishing total medical care, universal health care. And uh, uh, so, okay, they are hearing me a little bit. There's a sound there. I'm actually maybe going to turn down 
some of the other uh, noises. I don't know that you're getting the little beeps that they make. That I don't know how to turn that down. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I can't multitask anymore. I think I'm I'm reaching a point of exhaustion. <laughs> Although I feel very energetic, uh, 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 it's very important that everybody else start taking over. Uh, people have studied the Bible. We've given them new insight into the Bible. Uh, this idea of uh, a community it being a government unto itself because the people are willing to govern themselves according to the ways of Christ, the ways of Abraham, the ways of Moses. And, and all the network is is an opportunity to practice doing that. And all the... Uh, efforts we are making to create that network must be duplicated by each of you must be redone by each of you uh, and that's very hard it's very frustrating at times because so many people have become apathetic and that's what the devil wants that's what the tyrants of the world want they want you to be apathetic think oh what can I do what little thing I can do, that won't make any difference. But the reality is what each of you are doing to make a difference, not only will make a difference to those around you, it will make a difference to you because now you are putting on the character of Christ who came to make a difference. How can one man dying make such a difference? One man giving up his life makes such a difference. And that's what we need to be doing in those local congregations as well as this international congregation of God. Uh, I've gotten through those notes. Uh, nobody seems to be asking any particular questions. Actually, some of them are saying that they have no questions, uh, uh, any di directions that you want to have I see Patricia's join the the call does Patricia have questions do you have comments do you have things that you want me to talk about let's start uh, organizing every week we should start organizing for the shows and start putting together topics I don't want all these people who have been calling me on a regular basis I'm actually going to and asking very specific questions I'm going to say you need to listen to the show you need to you need to ask the questions in the, through the network and so that we will put down a list of these questions and start addressing them on uh, the shows. We'll try to create themes. Tell us in advance uh, what it is that you want us to ask on the show. Probably next week we'll have Paul back as my co-host. We'll be able to make uh, call-ins, and we'll see if we can do it uh, uh so that it's more responsive right to what you need and what you want to hear, what you need to hear. Again, that goes back to the outline, you know, what does your community need? So that's what I'm asking. What do you need to help you expand the kingdom in your life? And, of course, we know that part of that answer is you need to ask, what can you do to expand the kingdom in the lives of others? We have these young people who are seeking to remain outside the system and they have no way to employ themselves in the effort of the kingdom. We have that way. 
we go through it in the Free Church Report. We show you how you can legally work in this country and be in this world, but not of it. For those who wish to be the ministers of Christ. And we need those called out Levites, those called out ministers of Christ, those diaconuses of Christ. We need those working to bring us together. We've talked a lot this week about dry bones. Uh, we talked a lot uh, this week about uh, dry bones. I'm getting noises over my phone. <laughs> if you, if the sound changes, you tell me in the chat room right away. Um, the dry bones of Ezekiel were breathed into by God while they were still dry bones. And they began to come together. That was the question. Can they come together? And that created a structure. And those dry bones were bound together by sinew. And the nature of that structure was dependent upon, I'm sure, the breath of God and the creation of God. And as they came together, the sinew and flesh came onto the bones. And God eventually breathed again into those sinews and flesh. That is the nation of God. That is the bride of Christ. That is the way in truth and in spirit. So we have a few people that are beginning to understand the structure of the kingdom. They have not lost sight of the fact that there needs to be a relationship. But they know that the relationship needs to be based not upon the emotional ties and excitements and energy that comes from the communities of men but by a communion with Christ. And there are many artificial uh, communions with Christ out there that are not really Christ. What does it look like to have that communion with Christ? How does that operate? Because it's very important that you know, so that you know if you're here the kingdom, you need to know what it looks like. We'll talk about what it looks like when you get back to the last quarter of Keys of the Kingdom. Pledge allegiance to the King of Kings and to his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. One holy nation and a heavenly Father, grace, mercy, justice for all. The program you are listening to is 100% sponsored by you, the listener, on this First Amendment Rights Media channel. You will notice that there are few commercials on this radio network. There's a good reason for that. Corporate advertising dollars come with strings that limit program content. So without your help, these programs cannot continue on Internet or our several affiliates. If you benefit by the educational law programs, we ask you to give. If you are admonished or nurtured by the Bible and ministry programs, we ask you to give. 
If some voice a cause that you are passionate about, we ask you to give. If you believe in any of these, we ask you to support them as you would a missionary on a continual basis, as if giving a tithe for Missionary Radio. These programs are not commercially viable and must be supported by those faithful to the cause of truth. Look for the button to sponsor your favorite programs at our Listen and Schedule pages on the Internet. Then, when you subscribe, we will send you the last quarterly MP3 CD of that program immediately and continue to do so with each new quarter. We will also give you unlimited archive access to all of our programs. We're asking you to give much less than a tithe so that you may also send support directly to a particular program host, cause, and anywhere else the Spirit may lead you. Do all to the glory of our God and Creator, for His holy nation, the only kingdom that will last forever. Thank you for listening. If you read the history books, the most often asked question to Southerners was this, why did you fight? And the most often given answer is, because you're here. In other words, the South did not invade the North, the North invaded the South. Was it the Civil War or War of Federal Aggression? John Weaver sets the record straight in this DVD series on the Civil War from the Old Past Christian History Conference. Was there a war to set the slaves free? Or was it a war to enslave us all? Get this DVD and judge for yourself. War of Federal Aggression. The truth seems strange only because we've been indoctrinated with a fiction. War of Federal Aggression. Get it today. Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. 559-781-3773. Welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're still talking about the Kingdom of God and what it looks like. And if you need to get out in the chat room to ask a question, um, that would be uh, at www.farfar.com slash farm slash chat. I did get a question from somebody uh, who asked about Ezekiel 45.9. They wanted to know what the word exaction meant in the Hebrew. And uh, we can uh, we could certainly talk about that. Um, that word is uh, uh, appearing uh, once in the Bible. It's actually a very complex word. Um, it has letters like Nun and um, I think it's Resh Shem, um, but it also has uh, a Hey on the end, which is usually an emphasis word. It's it's a noun, and uh, as a noun, um, uh, when you add a Hey, it almost talks. Uh, it almost becomes a verb it's it's not really a verb it's still a noun but it's talking about the action and the emphasis of that particular noun and 
and it's coming from a word uh, nun resh um, I think it's resh yeah, again shem um, and that word is uh, appears as uh, you know a lot of different ways uh, in, in the Bible um, this is only a, a translated exaction once with the with the hay but with uh, without the hay which is an added on letter to add an extra emphasis to uh, a uh, the meaning of a word because all the words in Hebrew are normally three letters long uh, and if you see extra letters or you see a missing letter it's because they've taken another word and they've they slightly change the meaning by changing the letter because all those letters have meaning anyway the word that uh, garish that it normally comes from is translated drive out and cast out and even divorce or thrust out uh, so this is uh, simply saying like the word thrusted out or expelled uh, as if that is uh, rather than simply the uh, the verb garish it is the noun that is emphasizing that particular thing so when he says thus saith the Lord let it suffice you O princes of Israel notice princes of Israel who are the princes of Israel really every man is the prince of Israel uh, it says remove violence and spoil and execute judgment and justice take away your expulsion your exaction from my people saith the Lord the people were constantly being uh, going out of the presence of God same as Cain they were electing kings just like you elect presidents and rulers to uh, do the job that you should be doing amongst yourselves uh, and they were going into bondage and they were being expelled and it's because they were not being diligent I was think it's so amazing uh, it says study to show thyself approved that word study is actually the word diligent it isn't the word study there's a different word for study and so what they're actually saying is be diligent to show thyself approved but of course scholars would say oh you don't have to do anything you just have to study a lot yet you've heard what Paul said about those who do too much study not that you shouldn't study but if you study alone without the doing oh it's it's just going to lead to uh, tribute and bondage and that's of course why you are where you are you can't go to church to sit you got to go to church to work so anyway I hope that answered the question uh, if there are other questions just ask them on that chat room try to make them brief because I can't talk and read at the same time <laughs> so uh and I'm all alone here because there's not enough contact ministers to take poor Paul Pesky's place when he's out of reach of DSL. And so all you guys need to learn that so we can do this well and righteously be doing a good program for everybody else. Um, you can actually take that word and, and look at it. Very important when you're looking at things like strong concordances or these online Bibles or eSword or any of those things. You you need to look uh, at uh, that, the the Hebrew letters because they've been playing fast and loose with those Hebrew letters. And in the book that can come, you can 
we go through a little dissertation. I still haven't gotten any closer to finishing uh, Altars of Blood uh, because I've been doing all the stuff here and trying to get caught up with uh, uh, providing uh, for my family. And uh, I just thought I'd, I'd tell you all that I'm eligible for Social Security now. I'm old enough to collect it. I'm not collecting it. <laughs> so everybody can relax. I'm not collecting Social Security. <laughs> but I'm old enough to collect it. Uh, I'm sure I've got 40 quarters in uh, over all day because I've been working since I was 17. Uh, but uh, I've given up that. I've given up the Corbin of the Pharisees in order to be, go and preach the gospel of the kingdom and serve Christ. I don't think that a minister can be serving two masters. And evidently Christ didn't think they could either. And so if you're going to be a servant of the kingdom, you need to be thinking about it. And in order to make that successful, we need the support of the people. You need to be working together. Now, there's not enough people in the network, and I know everybody's strained, but if you start bringing more giving, loving people in, it wouldn't take hardly anything to support this ministry so that I don't have to go out, support the ministry all day, and then stay up all night trying to glean in the field at night to find those true and and uh, faithful souls that are seeking the kingdom. Uh, and that's fine. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it to the last of my days. Uh, uh, they were Several people pointed out that they thought retirement was death in the last week when we were talking. I said, well, you can tell when I'm retired because somebody will be throwing dirt in my face. Hopefully I can work until that end, but I really believe that you need to have the spirit of uh, Joshua, and though he may slay me, though God may slay me, I will serve him. This has to be a dedication, and everybody else has to be inspired by that dedication in their own hearts and mind to serve God. You are not a weekend Christian that takes Sabbath off or takes Sunday off and prays a little bit. Every day has to be this. And, you know, we we are hunger for it. And that hunger is a prayer. And that prayer will bring it about if we really seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Because right now we've been expelled. And we can go into the gods and cry out to them that we have chosen for ourselves, but they're not going to hear you either. But I'm not going to go to that God and cry out to that God. I'm going to go to the God, the God of heaven, the God of creation, and cry out to him. But what is my cry? Lord, I wish to serve you. I wish to do your will. I wish to know your will. I'm saying that prayer out loud. I'm not a big one for praying out loud, but I'm doing it so that you realize what your prayer needs to be. And that prayer means that you need to be praying for ways that you can help others. There's 360 million plus people in America. How many of them have actually heard the gospel of the kingdom? How many have been told that coveting their neighbor's goods to the agency of government is a rejection of God? How many have told that to look for men who can exercise authority to provide you with security is a rejection of God? Samuel told them that. Thomas Paine told them that. But your modern ministers say, no, let's join 
the democracy and vote in things that we want and vote out things we don't want. Let's make our neighbor do what we want because we want to be a part of a democracy. The kingdom of God is not a democracy. We're free from things public in the kingdom of God. That's why you, you would be ruled by God. But if you're not ruled by God, you will not survive in the kingdom of God. And your republic will be a false sham. So, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about all these people who have never heard the gospel of the kingdom? What are you going to do to try to get that word out to them? You know, we have about 500 people on the network, or at least 500 emails on the network, and I'm sure some of them have families. And so that we're talking, you know, a 1,000 people, 2,000 people. Some of them have friends that are part of their own network, extended network. So is that thousands more? And that's just on the network. And then there's the Kingdom News List. I should be able to find the time every week to write a new newsletter for newsofthews.com and bring more and more people in the network. I should find enough time every week to write an article to go out on the Kingdom News List. I should find enough time to finish the book put on the altar so that people will realize how deceived they are and what it means to return to the sacrifice of the red heifer because we know that the word red and the word heifer are not having anything to do with killing a poor red cow but we know what it actually has to do with we could include all that in the book so that people will hear the whole gospel and know what the early church was really doing, what the Essenes were doing, and what the Pharisees were doing. I can tell you what the Pharisees are doing. They're doing exactly what the modern church is doing. And we have to stop doing that. It's like the guy goes into the doctor's office and says, Doctor, it hurts whenever I do this. And the doctor's advice is to stop doing that. And people say, I'm enslaved. Every time I look to the government to solve all my problems, well, stop looking to the governments of the world to solve all your problems. You want people to help you solve your problems? Help them solve their problems. Start coming together with that intent. So... We're coming on to the winter. We've heard about crops that have failed all over the United States. Actually, in other countries, Texas had a terrible drought. Uh, from North Dakota down to Mississippi, they had terrible floods. They had terrible floods on the East Coast because of a hurricane. We had uh, huge volumes of Durham wheat that were never planted. We had other grain fields flooded. The United States will still produce enough food to feed everybody in the United States, but sellers will sell off the surplus, and there will be no surplus for next year. 
Our reserves are all-time low. What are you going to do about it? Wait for the government to fix this problem? If you're the government and they're not, you fix this problem. And you can do it. There's so many things that we've been able to accomplish simply by working together with others. So anyway, before we sign off, I want everybody to start thinking about next year. Okay, I got it. A lot of you can't come all the way out here. I feel guilty when you do. But we're going to try to gather people from all over Oregon. We're going to try to gather people from uh, all over the West Coast. And I know some of you will come from the Midwest and maybe even from the East Coast as uh, the fellow from uh, Connecticut came all the way here. I just uh, fell from up in northern Washington, just left. It's a great strain for him to come all the way down here. Uh, he came with other people, but he came. Now, I don't need the company. I'm not lonely. Uh, as a matter of fact, I neglect my family every time you guys show up. <laughs> so, uh, But I know that you need to come together. And you need to work at coming together. And you need to work at helping others come together. We talked in the past about chartering a bus and driving it all over. Uh, you probably can get group rates on Amtrak. We were amazed at how cheap Amtrak was in getting here. Wouldn't that be cool to have 100 people on Amtrak traveling all the way here, preaching the kingdom? You'd, you'd overshadow the Amish. <laughs> we can even get some Amish on there. We've got Amish connections now. We can start inviting the Amish to come out and see the fullness of the kingdom. We could have a hundred-man crew working on this day and night till next year. And you could not get enough people to fill up the space we have. But we need to provide for them. We need to prepare to provide for them. And it's going to take everything we have to make this happen. If we make it happen here once, we can make it happen here again. And we can make it happen other places. Because everybody didn't go to the Feast of the Tabernacle, but everybody celebrated the Feast of the Tabernacles. And we can have you know more in Missouri and more in other places. But we need those congregations of record that begin to form need to send their representatives to a single place of meeting. And then all of you will have representation. And those of you who can come out with them, great. I know there were guys who wanted to carpool all the way from Texas, and I know they had strains this time. Uh, there were people who wanted to come from Michigan, but they didn't get more volunteers. Let's start planning in advance so that we can get all these people to work together and lower the costs. We, we're going to try to uh, do a great deal between now and then, and as we do, we'll try to keep you posted. But we would rather hear from what you are doing and that's the, that's the thing is you could do so much you know Burning Man I actually know people that are involved with Burning Man uh, I actually know 
the brother of one of the chief organizers. I, I actually had never met the bro the fellow who actually does the organizing. I met a lot of people going to Burning Man because they all go to here. It is such a pagan ritual, it's ridiculous. But I bet you could even find kingdom people there because they're looking for something. They're looking for people that we're naturally gregarious creatures. They're looking for somebody coming together. But why not look for people coming together in the name of Christ? and the character of Christ and the ways of Christ and the ways of the kingdom but they bring 50,000 people in there they're already organizing for next year and and they have all kinds of people volunteer and help all kinds of people we could be doing that but what we have to do is get the word out. So we have to syndicate the radio show. We have to uh, get uh, more people hearing us in every city across the country. We have to start organizing people in California and Oregon because that may be the bulk of the people that will come from Oregon, Idaho, Washington. Start letting people have a chance to make plans to come the last weekend of September. Now, some can come earlier and help us work on this. But we're going to need some resources, and we're working on that. But if you work on it with us, it takes some of the load off of us. We've come a long way. We've got a lot of things done. Let's see if we can keep at this. Let's not just chug along like the little engine. Let's get that freight train moving towards the kingdom. All aboard. Yeah, the questions just stopped in the chat room. <laughs> I guess everybody's enthralled. Um, I'm actually having trouble filling up two hours. Isn't that amazing? I think it's because I'm a little bit clocked out. I've been doing this all week. Uh, we came in shifts. And that's really important. I know that a lot of people are beginning to understand the kingdom. We've got a lot of contact ministers who are getting the message, uh, or at least some, and everybody's getting a part of it. But let's start thinking about um, doing this so that it's not just me talking, that you're talking, that you're sharing. And you can do this on any subject, and kingdom can come in it if you're moving from the Holy Spirit. That was one of the things that a number of people were amazed at is that, and, and I've, I've seen this over the years, is that preaching the gospel does not always mean going on and on and on and talking. It's not the words, it's the spirit. And I, I gave many examples of how you could preach the kingdom and never say a single word. You can encourage people to move towards the kingdom rather than the world and never actually say a word out loud because it is not an intellectual choice. It is a spiritual choice. And how do you make that spiritual choice? You need to be still and know. You need to quiet your mind, quiet your heart, quiet the fears. Give them to God. Sit there. Be still. Close your eyes. Let's all pray. Close your eyes. Calm yourself. Relax. If you're sitting, put your hands by your side. If you're standing, you might want to sit down or, or kneel down something humbling about kneeling down you're kneeling down before God and you're asking God in your hearts deep in your hearts 
God, show me. God, lead me. You don't want me as your leader. You want God as your leader. You want God writing on your hearts, writing on your minds. If your mind is filled with junk, what? how can God write on anything? Erase the board. Forget about all the things that you've learned. Just wait upon the Lord. Don't go oblivious on me. Be aware that you are sitting there, feeling there, being there, in this moment, all over the world, all over the country. Be aware of this moment. Be aware of yourself. God gave you your flesh. Be aware of your flesh. See it with the spiritual eye that God gave you. Feel where you are in this moment. And ask God to show you His ways. To give you the strength, give you the motivation, give you the direction to do His will. Renew that prayer daily. Moment by moment. Before you do anything, ask God, is this what you want me to do? And then be still and listen. Listen to your inner compass. Listen to what you feel. Don't argue with God. Don't argue with yourself. Don't go on and on. Be still and know. Ask God to show you what it is you need to know and do to seek the kingdom of God first and His righteousness first because you love one another as Christ loved you. And how did Christ love you? He sacrificed Himself for you. If you come with that attitude, you do not know how much you will and can be blessed. If you come with any other attitude, lots of luck. So now be still. Wait upon the Lord. Be in the moment. The kingdom is in the moment. And pray that God gives you peace throughout the day as you diligently seek His kingdom and his righteousness this is your life this is the way that God has laid before you this way of patience this way of giving and forgiving this way of the kingdom now all you have to do is do the will of Christ and the will of God the Father day by day moment by moment he'll work out all the details what you can do do we meet again may peace be upon your house and may God be with You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.